This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello, hello, all of you awesome freaking people. Welcome back to another episode of FML Talk. I cannot wait to dig into today's episode because we are discussing something that has not only changed my life, but is one of my favorite things on the planet. And that, my friends, is solo travel. I am going to give you my own personal recommendations on hostels that I've loved and how to travel effectively on a budget. We are going to talk about my favorite places and things that you can't miss if you hit certain countries. Obviously, we are going to get into my favorite part of traveling, the food, and the question I get asked all the time, if I felt safe as a solo female traveler. So buckle up, we are going across the globe. Welcome to FML Talk. Oh my god. Wait, how old was the other girl? 19, can you believe that shit? Hey, this is Gabrielle Stone. Good book. Have you gotten chapter 6 yet? <gasps> he did what? 48 hours? What a dick. Yeah, but have you seen all the photos on our Instagram? And this is FML Talk. Oh, no, she didn't. All right, you guys. So I get tons and tons of DMs about how do I start planning my trip? How did you feel safe? What should I do? Should I really go by myself? So I wanted to dedicate a whole episode to all of those questions and all the things that you need to know if you're going to do an epic solo adventure, which I highly recommend. It fucking changed my life, and I promise you it will change yours one way or another. So when I realized I was going on this European trip by myself for a month, I had traveled alone, you know, to go to a film set where I then met a bunch of people I was going to be working with, but I had never booked a trip to go actually travel solo. So this was a totally new experience for me. I was fucking freaked out. The thing that I got most out of my solo trip to Europe was how much healing I did and how much time I was able to spend with myself. I don't think we realize when we're at home how much time we spend with other people or on our phones or watching TV and not really truly being with ourselves. And although I had a very nice mix of being with new friends and, you know, connecting with certain people in different ways, I definitely spent a lot of time writing and a lot of time with myself. And I've never grown more as a person than I did on that Europe trip. I came back a different fucking human in all of the best ways. And I really attribute that to solo travel. I think it totally pushed me out of my comfort zone. It really made me look inward and realize a lot of things about myself. And that's not just because I was writing a book and doing all of this work. It it really is when you're pushed to a new place and you're by yourself and you're forced to come out of your shell 
and figure out what it is that really makes you happy and what it is that you really want, it's it's got a way of of changing you. And when you're in a new place and your eyes are opened to all of this incredible world that we don't get to see when we're at home, it's really, truly life-changing. And I know a lot of people think solo travel is fucking scary, but I can promise you once you're there, it's going to be the most exhilarating and amazing experience of your life. And I tell every person I meet that asks that if they're going to do one thing for themselves in their life, it should be to make themselves go on a solo trip. So a lot of people were really surprised when I told them my whole Europe trip cost about five grand. Um, you really don't have to spend an arm and a leg when you solo travel. Um, I also did Asia at the end of 2019, and that was my first solo trip by choice, and I'll get into some of that later. But it's really, really easy to stick to a budget when you are traveling within one area. So if you're in Europe or you're in Asia, I even was able to splurge on some things when I was in Europe. Like I went to Moulin Rouge and we went to the soccer game and we ate at some nicer places. Um, a lot of travelers that you meet don't do that and they're really budgeting and it's still, that's why they're able to travel for three to four to five months at a time. Um, so you don't need a crazy, crazy big budget, especially if you're going to be smart and stay in hostels and not book, you know, big fancy Airbnbs or big upscale hotels and hostels for people that aren't aware, um, range anywhere from $18 a night in Europe up to like 45. So you're paying significantly less to stay in a hostel than you would at a hotel. That's where you meet all the amazing people that you're going to meet on your trips. So for me, when I posted that video with all of the Instagram stories kind of looped together in that one video, everyone was like, oh, it doesn't even look like she went alone. And that's because I stayed at hostels. So many people, so many solo travelers, some people you'll meet in groups, but they do group activities, they'll do family dinner nights, they'll do nights where they'll take you to different clubs, and you meet so many different people, even just from hanging in the common areas. It's a really great way to travel on your own and not have to be on anybody's agenda, but you'll still meet people and make friends. So everybody knows about Airbnb, that's a given, hostel world is the golden app of solo travels. So it's literally like Airbnb. You'll see them, you'll type in your location and where you want to go and the days you're wanting to stay, and it'll bring up all the hostels that are in the area, all the reviews under those, what they're rated in the different categories, and you can literally read up everything about the hostel, if it's a party hostel, if it's more of a chill vibe. Um, It's really amazing. And most hostels, people don't realize what you're getting are like hotels. You're just staying in rooms with other people. And some hostels have have single private rooms, but it's fucking incredible. Um, you can pick the type of vibe you want, the, the level of fanciness you want. Um, I've stayed in some hostels that you feel like you're in an upscale hotel um, and some that feel more like a summer camp vibe where you're all roughing it a little bit more. And they're both great for different reasons. But Hostel World is the number one app you want to have on your phone if you're going to start planning a solo trip. 
The second one that I swear by is Hopper, um, especially once you're over in Europe or Asia or wherever you're going to go. Hopper is a really great app that you can use for booking flights once you're in the area you're in. So I used that a lot for like um, London to Amsterdam, I booked on Hopper. And when I was going from Rome to San Vito, I booked on Hopper. Um, also, if you guys have a chance to take the trains – especially if you're in Europe, take the trains. I would choose to take a six to nine hour train ride over taking an hour and a half to two hour flight just because you get to see so much of the countryside and you it's like this chill moment to just really relax and drop into where you are. I was obviously writing, so I enjoyed the long train rides to get some writing done. But it was really beautiful to be able to sit there and just leisurely stroll through um, this place that you've never seen before. You get to see a lot of different areas as you're traveling. And it's it's really great. So in Europe, if you don't have the budget to be going to restaurants every night, there's really you know cheap and fun cafes that are all around. You can also just walk in to any store and get a baguette and a bottle of wine and a block of cheese and go sit and enjoy it in the park. There's tons of ways to eat cheap over Europe. Um, the crepe stations are unbelievable. I'm starting to get hungry even discussing all this. Um, and we all know how much I fucking ate on that trip. Um, and in Asia too, it was amazing. We would go to the night markets and it would be like $1 for a whole plate of food and 50 cents for three things of chicken. Like it, it was just you could really go and taste all the different things for maybe $5 on the whole night. So the places that I went to in Europe, and I still want to go back, plan to go back and have so much more to see of it, but I want to tell you some of the must-sees in all of the countries that I went to. My favorite in London was Westminster Abbey. It was such a spiritual experience for me. It's so profound standing in that building, and it's just a really, really beautiful experience. So if you're in London, you can kind of do the London Eye, Westminster Abbey, Buckingham Palace. You can do it all in a day. Um, and that's what I did. But Westminster Abbey really holds a special place in my heart. It was a really, really incredible place to be in. Summer is here and life is not slowing down for us anytime soon. One of the things we have continuously relied on making our lives so much easier is factor meals. No prep, no mess, no cleanup meals. I have really been off the wagon with my eating since having my son, and for my health, my wellness, and my mental sanity, I have been switching my dinners to more healthy options from factor. They have 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, so I never get bored. And Tay is continuously shocked every time he sits down to eat one because they are so freaking tasty. They have breakfast, lunches, dinners, and desserts. It's a treat to have restaurant-quality food that is so easy to prepare and doesn't come with the insane Postmates bill. Head to factormeals.com slash FMLtalk50 and use code FMLtalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code FMLtalk50 at factormeals.com slash FMLtalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Enjoy, FMLers. 
Amsterdam, obviously, everybody's going to tell you to go to the red light district. Yes, go to the red light district. Um, it's it's a wild experience to see everything in person, things that you only see in movies or you hear about, but you're like, that can't be a thing. I will never forget walking down the red light district and seeing just different windows and women were in the windows. This one chick was like munching on Cheetos. There's other girls were like tapping on the glass, trying to get people to come over to them. It was really fucking mind blowing. And I didn't even see some of the gnarly sex shows. We went in and saw like the little random ones, but not like the big ones that I've heard stories. I've heard, I've heard stories from my producer who's been there. I've heard really fucking crazy stories about the sex shows there. Um, so yes, of course you need to see that. But for me, Amsterdam, what was so special about it was just walking around and seeing all of the different canals run through the, the streets. And it was just a really beautiful city. I wasn't there in the time where all the flowers are blooming. I really want to be there to go see that. But just walking around the city and seeing all the stonework and architecture is is worth it in itself. Paris was my least favorite out of all the places I went. I don't know if it's because it's the city of love and I was so not having that at the moment, um, but Paris kind of felt a little dirty to me and didn't really live up to what I had built it in my head. The Eiffel Tower was absolutely incredible and to sit under that in the park that's what I would recommend doing is to go to the park that's right outside the Eiffel Tower and take a picnic and some wine and just bask at the beautiful backdrop that will be behind you. Barcelona has a piece of my heart. Um, it's by far my favorite place that I went to. I think a lot of that has to do with the people, but it's such a special city and the culture just like pours out of the streets. The food was phenomenal. Um, park Guell was absolutely incredible. Walking through that park was a highlight for me. It was really, really beautiful. And you could see in the architecture how much care people took building it. And it was just really, really stunning. Um, I really loved being, just the energy of being in that space was really wonderful. And Honestly, the nightclubs, the nightclubs in Barcelona are fucking awesome. Uh, Razmataz especially, which was like a six-story club, and each story had a different vibe of music going. I had one of the most fun nights out I've ever had there. They, The clubs there are unlike anything I've ever seen in Vegas or anywhere else you can possibly go. Mykonos was the one place, it was absolutely beautiful, and I'm supposed to go back there next year for Emma's wedding. Um, but it definitely, I was happy to be there with someone that I knew. Um, that's where I had gone to meet Jason. So I wasn't technically solo and I was kind of happy about that. Mykonos definitely had more of a group together and party vibe than it did a friendly solo travel vibe for the nightlife at, at least. Um, walking around the town in Mykonos was really beautiful. And if you go, my my recommendation is to go to Jimmy's. Um, it's not only the best food, but the best human. And it's just that for me, that whole story, hearing Jimmy talk to me about his past and his late wife was really special. And uh, the food is fucking phenomenal. Rome, again, had a weird vibe for me, I think just because it was the place I was supposed to start my trip with Javier in the first place, but it kind of was also where I was getting back into my feelings and really sorting through a lot. 
The food obviously is to die for there because it's the pasta and gelato place to be. But as far as highlights and things to make sure you see in Rome, I mean, it's all the typical ones, you know, like the Colosseum is really incredible to stand in and see the grandness of it. And just the walking around in general, the amount of architecture you see and this incredible ruins that still exist right before your eyes. It's it's really, really crazy. San Vito Lo Capo, which is in Sicily, which was the last stop on my trip. That'll always have a special place in my heart. I do hope to go back there someday and see uh, the guys that live there. It was It's like a mom and pop town, and it's so quaint that everybody there knows each other. You can really walk through the whole town in a matter of I don't know, a half hour. And it's right on the water. It's super beautiful. It it looks like this little slice of heaven that hasn't really been fucked up by mankind yet. And um, there's some incredible spots to go cliff jumping. There's some wonderful food. I can still taste the Nutella crepes that I ate there. And um, it's a really awesome place that not a lot of people know about. And one of the hostels that's there, I think it's the only hostel there I didn't stay in, but it's called the Timbuktu Hostel, I believe. And it's a really fucking awesome spot. So if anyone's ever traveling there, make sure to check that out. I wish I could have stayed in Europe longer than a month. Um, I was seriously considering it. My bank account was like, no, bitch, you need to go home. And I there were so many places I wanted to go. I really want to go to Portugal. Um, that's high on my list. It's really cheap to travel through Portugal, and it's supposed to be super beautiful. Um, I also want to go to a lot of the places that Javier and I were originally supposed to go to, like Amalfi and Positano and all those little ocean towns that are in Italy. I, I've been dreaming to go to those since I was young. So those, those are definitely high on my list as well. Um, but there's so much of Europe I still want to see. I feel like I've only cracked the fucking iceberg. So in November of 2019, and you will read a lot about this trip in book two, I did my second solo trip and this one was by choice. So I knew the second I came home from Europe, I knew that I wanted to do a second solo trip. It was like this fire had been lit inside of me and I was so passionate about being able to go off on my own now and found this new strength inside myself. And I knew from the moment I was like, oh, I want to do a solo trip. I knew I wanted it to be Asia. I've heard that it was a very safe place for solo female travelers and it's really cheap to travel through Asia, which was a plus. And so I booked my trip and I left in November, a few days before my 30th birthday and was going to be going to Vietnam for two weeks and then Bali for two weeks. Bali's always been on my bucket list. I feel like it's on everybody's bucket list. Um, So I went, I started in Vietnam and I'll never forget the night I was at the airport before my flight took off. I got to the airport and I was like, what the fuck am I doing? I'm fucking insane. This was such a stupid decision. I can't believe I'm about to fly across the fucking world. Like, what were you thinking, Gabrielle? And I know a lot of solo travelers, they have that panic right before they leave. And the second I got on the plane and the plane took off, I was like, oh my God, I'm so fucking stoked. This is going to be wildly amazing. And I'm going to go get so much out of this. And all of that worry just totally melted away. 
So when I got to Vietnam, it was incredible and so wildly different than anywhere I've ever been. And I was having an amazing time, but my heart wasn't like settling in the right way. And this is the great thing about solo travel. When you don't have anyone else you have to appease or run things by, I was like, well, I'm not settling the way I need to here. Fuck it. I'm going to go to Thailand. So I booked a flight and flew from Vietnam to Thailand. Everyone I had met on that trip so far had told me that there was this mountain town in Thailand called Pai and that I had to go to Pai and it was the most amazing place they've ever been. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go to Pai. So I flew into Chiang Mai. I was there for a night and then took a three-hour bus up the windiest goddamn road I've ever been on to Pai, Thailand. When I say Barcelona has a piece of my heart, Pai has a piece of my heart. If you are ever in Asia, if you are ever in Thailand, do not make the mistake of missing Pai. This was one of the most magical places I have ever been. There were cafes that felt like you were in the secret garden and like cafes that were in trees and just magical flowers running everywhere. It was so beautiful. All of this organic, incredible food, smoothie bowls for like $3. I I never will be able to eat another smoothie bowl in LA because it's just, you're paying $17 and getting a half-assed one after you've been to Thailand. And it was one of the best decisions I had made. I ended up going there thinking I was going to spend three days and then go to one of the islands in Thailand. I spent a whole week and a half in Pai at the same hostel that was not a crazy upscale hostel, but it was the best place I had ever been to. It felt so spiritual. I met so many incredible people there. The hostel is called DJ Pie, and I highly recommend it if you're ever visiting. It's also where I met my new friend, Jackie, who I was coming out of my hostel room one morning and into the common area, and she was sitting there, and she looks at me, and she goes, how does it feel being somewhere where no one knows you? And my first thought was, oh, that's cute. You think people know me in LA? (laughs) Um, And she had read the book and like heard me on Jana Kramer's podcast. And we started talking and it had totally gotten me out of this funk that I had been in the night before. And it was so incredibly cool to meet someone across the fucking world that knew I had written this book and that I was on another solo adventure. And Being at that hostel brought me so much healing and peace. It was like right on the outskirts of town and it was just such a magical city. There was the night market where is where everybody went at night where they had some like restaurants and really cool spots, but for the most part, it was this long strip of road and all of these vendors would set up on the sides and you could literally walk down and eat your way through the night market and they had amazing clothes and jewelry and they have foot massages in Thailand for an hour and a half for a dollar. It's it's wildly amazing. And it was one of the most special places I've ever been. It even rivaled Barcelona for me. And mind you, this was when I was dealing with some really heavy stuff and I was really working through a lot of emotional things um, that you'll read about eventually. And even with that, it was still one of my favorite places. Uh, I talk about going back all the time and it's very, very high on my to-do list. After I did Thailand, I flew to Bali. I did a silent retreat there. 
Um, Bali was absolutely amazing. It was what you always imagined Bali would be. But to be frank, after I was in Pi, it kind of like fell a little short because my I was such I was on such a high from Pi that it it uh it was like a bigger, more touristy version of where I had come from. That being said, it was still amazing and still wonderful. And the hostel that I stayed at in Bali was fucking unreal. I mean, it it looked like you were walking into a five-star resort. It just happened to be that there were five beds in the room you were staying in. But apart from that, it was unbelievable. And it's called Aria in Abud. So there's so many fucking pros to traveling solo. It is really scary at first, but once you get over that initial fear, there are so many things that you will get from doing a solo trip. For me, I really was able to not only find different parts of myself and connect with different parts of myself, but I was really able to see how fucking strong and capable I was. The fact that I could navigate all of this on my own and I was able to figure things out with transportation and booking flights and finding my way from the airport to my hostel, you really realize how capable you are. And it's really empowering as a as a solo traveler and as a fucking female to just go out and do life on your own. Um, I had never experienced something that liberating being in LA um, in my 28 years at the time. And it really was totally life-changing for me. All right, now we're going to get into that time of the show where we talk about your FML stories that you submitted on FML Talk. Here we go. Hey, Gabrielle, this is Corey. So let me tell you my FML story. So I got married in 2016 um, to a guy that I had known for two years. We were both military. Um, So we got married on a whirlwind and, you know, just fell madly in love. Well, he kept pushing me to try and get pregnant and have babies. And I have some medical history that I just can't get pregnant again. Um, And after I had four failed um, pregnancies, it was just not good enough for him. So we got in a huge fight, like all married couples do. I thought everything was fine. Um, And I left for a work trip. When I got home a week later, this motherfucker, had his all his bags packed and was literally waiting by the door for me called an uber because he wasn't at the airport to get me and when the uber arrived home literally he was waiting at the door for me with all of his bags packed and told me he couldn't do it anymore fast forward a year he has two girls pregnant and just called me recently when i signed the divorce papers begging for me back so no I can't imagine my partner making me feel unsupported and shamed for trying to carry a child. I, I'm i so sorry that you had to go through that. Silver lining is he clearly just wanted to have a child and didn't care who it was with. So I'm glad that you got out before you were the one that ended up divorced with a little girl. Ugh, what a piece of work. Hey, Gabrielle, it's Ashley, and here's my FML story. Married to a man for 10 years. Really thought I was in love. Didn't realize he was just a narcissist who was gaslighting me the whole entire time. He didn't let me go to grad school so I could pursue my dream. He kept me away from friends and family. And I wasn't nearly as happy as I thought I was. Fast forward. 
Therapy helped with that. Rewind. We had a two-year-old daughter. One day, he said he wasn't happy. Then he joined literally every dating website, maxed out a $10,000 credit card in less than three months, kicked us out of our apartment. I said, you kick us out? I'm filing for a divorce. I filed for a divorce, and he was shocked and wanted me to come back and fix everything that he had fucked up. Fast forward, we're divorced. I'm now happily married. We have a son together, and our blended family is fan-fucking-tabulous. Ugh, typical narcissist right there, girl. Way to stand up for yourself and handle that situation with strength and grace, and yay for a fan-fucking-tabulous new life with your family. And last but not least, the questions. Hit me. Ken's Spans is asking if you should plan when you go on a solo trip or if you should leave things more unplanned. One of the tips that someone gave me before I went on my Europe trip was don't over plan because you'll meet people that'll tr- that are traveling and they'll want you to come travel with them and meet them. So that ended up happening to me when I was in Amsterdam. I met Jason and he invited me to come meet up with him in Mykonos. And I ended up doing that and it was such a great time. And I wouldn't have been able to do that if I had A, overplanned and had my whole fucking itinerary already set, or B, was traveling with other people that didn't necessarily want to just go to Mykonos on a whim. Gilmore Pretty asks, will you ever get married again? Um, I get this question a lot and the answer is I don't feel the need to. I don't, when I think about marriage, I'm not like, oh, I I totally want to get married again. That being said, I'm not opposed to it. If at some point it's the right decision for me and my partner, um, I'm not going to swear it off because of what I've been through. I will say, however, I've done the fucking big hoopla wedding. And if I ever get married again, I will be on a beach in Thailand and show up wearing something white. And then we will go about and have the rest of our trip. Um, it'll be money better spent for me in that sense. All right, you guys, that is it for this week's episode of FML Talk. We are launching a really cool giveaway that I'm so excited about. We are going to pick three winners to get a holiday bundle of swag. You're going to get some merch. You're going to get a signed copy of Eat, Pray, FML, a cute little stocking with some wine goodies in it. It's a full-on holiday gift bag. So I want to know what you have all gone through in 2020, what you've done to give yourself some self-love, what you've done to overcome all the bullshit that this year has thrown our way. So how to enter is you're going to take a picture in your merch. It can be one of the masks that you've ordered, a sweatshirt, a t-shirt, and you're going to post it. And in the caption, I want you to post a story about the growth that you've experienced in 2020. You're going to tag me in the post and hashtag eat, pray, FML and FML talk. I'm going to give you guys a month to do this, to get your merch on the website and post your pictures, and I want to read all of these stories. So we're going to pick all three of the winners and announce them on December 20th. I can't wait to see what you all have to say. Next week, you guys, I have a serious treat for you. My friend who is a singer, actress, now best-selling author, Jana Kramer is going to be here, and she 
tells some really incredible stories. Um, it's it's a heavy, intense, amazing episode, and I can't wait for you guys to hear it. Until then, make sure you guys are subscribed. Leave us a star rating and a review if you're having fun with us each week. If you have not gotten your merch, make sure you do that soon for the contest at eatprayfml.com. That is also where you can get your signed copies. Until then, my friends, have a self-love cocktail on me. I will see you next week. Cheers. Welcome to As a Woman, Fertility Hormones and Beyond. I'm your host, Dr. Natalie Crawford, and I am a fertility physician and co-founder of Fora Fertility in Austin, Texas. We will talk about a wide range of topics, including the menstrual cycle, your hormones, infertility, IVF, mental health, and well, beyond. So join us and become part of the community of collaboration that amplifies others as a woman. This podcast has been brought to you by Podcast Nation.